Hello, and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the student accounting show. The occasionally educational podcast that proves you're not totally alone in your ACCA journey, even when it feels like it. Hi, and welcome to Forget the Numbers. I'm Eddie, LearnSignal's Head of Content Marketing, and this is Alan, LearnSignal's Head of ACCA. In this week's podcast, we're going to give you uh, an overview of being professional, professionalism and professional skills to pick up those all-important professional marks in your exams. Uh, If we do end up talking about anything useful, um, which is possible, we'll put it up on our website at learnsignal.com forward slash podcast. Now, I think for one thing we should say for all those students who are saying, oh, professional skills, that's only the strategic professional, that's only SPL. That that's not the case. I think you should listen to this because professionalism is in all the exams and will certainly help you um, get more marks if you have everything looking nice and organised and structured when the examiner looks at your paper. So don't run away yet and think it's not about you. This is about everybody and this will help you in every single exam. Actually, that I think I think we've said before that idea of the impression you give the examiner is super important because the examiners will always be absolutely fair and give you all the marks you deserve. Of course, they will. But it is about, you know, it's human beings and they open your paper. And if it's a mess and your handwriting's all over the place and it's not well laid out and they struggle, their first impression of you is that it's probably not a passing script. Um, and that just isn't really the impression you want to give when you're going into these exams. You want your marker to straight away think, yeah, this person's got it. Um, yeah, well, I think put yourself in a marker's position. So it's 11 o'clock uh, on a, late on a Sunday night and the results are due in the next day and they've got a small number of papers left. And I think human nature would say, they just want to finish them as quickly as they can. And they don't skip over marks and there's too many checks and they realise how important it is. But imagine they open two exam papers. And again, like you said, one of them, handwriting's all over the place. There's no idea of a paragraph. There's no idea of individual points being made. Questions seem to merge into each other. They haven't been clear about what questions are answering. And you look at that, oh, it's going to take me a long time to go through. Of course they'll go through it. And of course they'll take it seriously. But you think of the second script and they open it up. The questions that people have done and attempted are clearly marked. There are sections split naturally. When you make a point, there's nice gaps between each point. So the examiner is looking, oh, there's one point, there's two points, there's three points. We've asked them for three points. They've done three points. It's just human nature will say that people will just be more positively disposed um, to your exam paper. Yeah, they're just going through your paper going tick, 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 tick. Good, I can go to bed in a minute. Tick. Yeah, and that's... <laughs> that's, that's what you want to achieve. Yeah, so why not just give yourself every single possible advantage? And I have done... I've marked lots of exam papers, not ACCA, but lots of other exam papers in the past. And it is that case, and you give everybody the fairest opportunity... But remember, if they can't read your handwriting, they won't give you marks. And I think some students believe, well, if I don't make it that clear, they might give me marks because they think they might assume I'm trying to say something. They won't. If they can't see it, they can't give you the mark. So what's worse is actually you might have made really good points. But if they can't read your handwriting, if it's really that bad, or um, even if you're rushed at the end, 
if you're rushed at the end, write bullet points. It's not ideal, but at least they can read your bullet point. The last thing you want is to rush at the end and then not being able to read all of that work. So it's just think about your examiner and everything you do. That's actually, um, I think next week we're going to talk about exam technique, but there's something on that. Um, I was reading on the ACCA recently saying that one thing students do, which, um, you know, they lose marks for is not develop points for the, and there might be like a really obvious implication that you think is so obvious that of course it's implied in what you've said, but however implied it is, if you don't write it down, the examiner can't give you the mark for it. So I think that's really important. This, this idea that, you know, if you don't say it and it can't be read, then you won't get the mark. Yeah. Even if you were sitting there thinking it and knowing it, and it's, you know, it's absolutely obvious to everyone. If you don't write it on your script or the examiner can't read your script, you aren't getting that mark. Well, there's an old thing in, if anybody listening to this, if they've ever been through audits um, and you sit in front of an auditor and whether it's your external auditor or a regulatory body or whoever it is, and they ask you a question, say, oh, yeah, we do that all the time. Show me proof. And you go, oh, well, we don't really keep proof. We just do it. And they will say, if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. And it's no different from a marker, from a, an examiner or a marker. They might think, oh, they're so close. I can see where they're going. But if you don't get there, they can't give you the marks. They can't give you the marks for what they think you want to say or what they think you're trying to say. If you're not clear, if you don't say it very clearly, it just won't happen. So you have yeah, to keep Yeah, the examiners that are good, but they're not mind readers. Exactly. And they can't be mind readers because that's not fair to the students who did spend time on their technique and who did write everything very clearly and who did get all their points across. And you have to be fair to all. So give them, give them things to give you marks about. So, and I think making it clear is, is the best part of doing that. But that's, I feel we've we've probably jumped ahead a bit where we haven't really defined what the professional marks are. And I was reading, um, this is from the ACCA website, but we've also got a download on it, which isn't yet live, but will be, I would think by the time this podcast comes out, um, saying kind of what professional marks are awarded for. And so the idea is it's understanding why you're communicating, um, understanding who you're communicating to, uh, and so what the appropriate style is and what their needs are. Um, using the appropriate type of answer. So, you know, if you're asked for a presentation, you do a presentation. If you're asked for a memo, you do a memo. If you're asked for a report, you do a report. Um, Being logical and appropriate and how you structure that. So, you know, if you're speaking to a board member, then you're not going to write the same sort of length an essay that you might to a, I don't know, journalist, for instance, not you're probably speaking to journalists, but still. (laughs) <laughs> and so it's it's knowing kind of the detail of who you're speaking to and how you're speaking to them and what you're trying to say and why you're trying to say it rather than is this idea of application which comes up in so many of the exams you know you're not just writing down everything you know about a topic onto the page in the hope it picks up marks you're structuring that in the most appropriate way for the business situation that you're hypothetically in at that moment in the exam But if you look at the stage at which you're getting these professional marks, which is a strategic professional stage um, where they're mainly awarded, and don't get me wrong, there's a a huge benefit in the earlier stages, like CBEs, just because you're doing it by computer and your handwriting isn't an issue, doesn't mean you shouldn't spend time making sure your formatting isn't correct. 
but it, where you're really getting these marks in the strategic professional and then to a greater extent in SBL, um, it's not about the examiner. It's not about the ACCA checking that you can do a letter, that you can do a memo. It's about the ACCA sending you out into the world with their designation and the first opportunity you do get in front of a board or you do get in front of a CEO to do something is that you do it right because you don't get second chances in the real world. So you may not pass SBL the first time and you may improve your professional marks and pass it the second time. But if you get to do a project for a CEO or do a project for a board or write a memo for a board and they don't like it or it's long-winded or it's not written very well or you're not providing the information or you're providing too much detail for the audience, all of that, you generally don't get a second chance in life. A board member isn't going to sit there and say, you know what, I'm going to help you figure out where you went wrong and I'm going to give you an examiner's report, type report, and I'm going to tell you all the things and this will help you. They'll just go, I don't want that person to do that again. We need to get somebody different to write those reports. And, you, and it's hard to come back from that. So these professional marks aren't just for now, they, they are for life, which is reminds me of. And dogs are not for now. Dogs are not for <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But, it is, but it, is, it is true. I feel like you've stolen a tagline there. Yeah, but professional <laughs> skills are forever. And they, they, whatever about knowledge, you can always look at accounting standards and you can look at calculations for forwards and futures. Google is always there for that. You can look online, but it's very hard to get professional advice online. Yes, you can look at how to structure a letter, but it's very hard for people um, to read an article to learn how to write a letter. This is giving you real world examples, so like, don't waste it and, and use it. Well, I think that's the thing as well. There's there's an attitude approach here that some students, um, often, to be honest, the students that are failing over and over again, see it as uh, the ACCA is some sort of gateway that you've got to get through the gate and, you know, you do everything you can. You finally get it out of the way because it's just this exam you didn't really want to do. And then you can start your career. And it's, it's not like that. You can start your career because of the ACCA, that everything you're learning here, yeah, isn't a hurdle to be got over it's a vital stepping stone to the accountant you become and the career you have and the career and business you have and the relationships you build and your level of professionalism in the workplace and what people think of you and the value you can add you know it's really not just a box to be ticked so you can get on with your career it is, it is your career and in fairness to them they're becoming more and more like that and more and more relevant to your future career like the SBL giving you a case study with all those details and all those uh, that information on it and asking you to make strategic decisions on behalf of the company that you'll be stuck in situations like that lots more times than you might care to and to be the one thing about working in the future is that you have to be given um, you have to be willing to give your your opinion and if you're asked for advice to give your advice and if you're the person that, again, if you're the person that said, no, I don't really have an opinion on this, you won't be asked again. And when you do have an opinion, it has to be some, you don't always have to be right, but you always have to be capable or able or prepared to give an opinion. And with that opinion, give your reasoning behind it. Yeah, and I think that the marks reflect that, right? That it's not particularly um, talking about SBL, there's not 
a strict right and wrong answer in that way. It's, you know, the examiner doesn't have to agree with you. They just, as Alan said, it's, you know, it's a business situation. You have to be able to say what your opinion is. Your opinion might differ from the person next to you and the person next to them. But as long as you have the professional knowledge to back up your opinion, it doesn't matter what someone next to you thinks. No, it's, it's, it's an opinion. It's not about that. And a lot of the time you're talking about something in the future. A lot of the time you're giving your opinion about if we do ABC, this might happen or this could happen or this could happen. And then the rest comes down to experience and feelings and knowing about your business. Um, but you can't be proven wrong, really. But your opinion can be can be a poorly researched or thought out opinion, but a really good view and just because the company doesn't take that approach doesn't mean it was useful. Sometimes opinions are used to rule out ideas as much as to rule them in. So it's all it's all very valid. Um, and I think there, there's what the ACCA do is they do these kind of, um, they call them style tips and you'll find them on their website. Um, and like, it's all this, they're not looking for you to do anything extraordinary um, in, in an exam. Like they talk about things like planning your answer, um, putting your points in a logical manner. Um, <laughs> it's not magic. Hey? No, you don't have like, to wave a wand. Exactly. Like it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Use headings and have space between your paragraphs. Um, know your audience. The audience thing is a big thing. Again, you mentioned it earlier. Um, if you're if you're writing a memo to a board or a memo to your manager, your memo to your manager might have numbers and it might have um, trend graphs. A board member gets a big bundle of stuff before a board meeting. They're not going to read a 17 or 19 page report. They don't want everything in depth. They want to know what, what are they talking about and what are you telling them they, that they really need to know so they can have that type of conversation. So these things are really key. So and all of this is given in an exam. The, the SBL exam and all the other, exam, other exams will tell you we want a memo. Your memo is being written to. Your memo is being written from. This is the purpose of what you're being asked for. And if you can stick tightly to that purpose and always remember at the end to give a view or give an opinion um, that you have and remember to back up that opinion, you'll do really well at these exams because that's all professional skills are. Um, well, and you might even, they, the the ACCA guidance, not for, for SBL, but in kind of a different other strategic professional papers, is that you might well be answering a question for a perspective or opinion that's that's not your own, and you might disagree with it personally, but it's about the perspective that you're you're arguing for. Um, and similarly, you can use counter arguments, you know, to show your depth of perspective on a situation. You don't have to... Uh, you know, they're not, the examiner's not asking you, you know, what do you personally, you know, Etty Holland, think about this issue? What it, It's more from the, you are an auditor, you are an internal auditor speaking to the board. What would your recommendation from that perspective be? So it's it's almost acting. It's taking that moment to, when you read the question, get into the shoes of whoever's shoes you're meant to be standing in for that question, you know, for the 20 minutes you're answering for and then doing it again for the next question and again for the next. And if you do that, you'll get the professional marks. And to be honest, the, the exam's a lot easier than real life because the exam puts you in a, a, a kind of a restricted universe where it's only the information that you have um, around you that is actually applicable, uh, which is an awful lot easier than the real world because 
in any decision, there's always going to be information that you didn't have at the time that may end up having a big impact on your decision. Whereas these exams are much easier in the fact that you're just within that universe. You have like eight or nine or 12 pages of a case study and everything you need is in there. Everything is somewhere in there. It's, it's all designed as a roadmap to help you give the best answer to your examiner. And so you don't have to imagine outside it. You don't have to think about, oh, well, there's other things I don't know. There's, there's more research on the internet I could do. So in fact, the exam, and some people think otherwise, but the exam is easier than, than real life is. Um, so, so take that, like, as you said, Eddie, put yourself in the shoes of that person and look around the universe and see what's there. And, and again, you, you have a very, very clear roadmap. And a lot of the times, especially in SBL, the question actually points to the exhibit that they want you to look at. So it might be to do, you're an internal auditor and you have to do a report on something and they say it's all based on exhibit two and that reduces that universe so everything's in there. So just spend time reading and understanding what they want and not just blindly writing everything you can think of. And again, the biggest thing about professional marks is like don't tell them stuff they don't need to know. I use the example all the time. If you're going to use Porter's Five Forces as a basis by which to write a, a memo to the board, um, you don't start off by saying Porter's Five Forces is and spend two pages defining them because they don't care. They just want to know what are the issues to the company. So remember, if you're using Porter's Five Forces in any exam um, for to get professional marks, you should not mention Porter once. There's no need to. Um, maybe somebody uh, we had a live webinar um, or a live chat last week and somebody said but will the examiner know I said of course the examiner knows (laughs) (laughs) I hate to say I'm like the examiner knows as much as most people will know and remember what happens they sit with each paper they sit in a group before the real marking begins they look at all a selection of all the different answers the students gave and they use that as as a basis and especially in SBL they have they have that kind of um, movement that they can allow um, all types of different answers once it makes sense because there are multiple answers. So your examiner will know exactly what you're trying to do. If in doubt, at the very end of your question, in brackets at the end, FYI, I use Porter's Five Forces. If that just makes you feel better, (laughs) do that. By all means, do that. But please, please don't, just in case the examiner didn't. If the examiner doesn't know you use Porter's Five Forces, you haven't used it properly. It's not because you haven't said it. So trust your examiner and trust trust your instincts. um, And don't trust those instincts that when you were doing the earlier papers and a lot of it was about defining and describing a model, forget all about that. Trust your instincts and think about that professional side of things and you'll be fine. Actually, though, one there's an interesting point talking specifically about um, SBL on uh, we're talking about the the universe contracting, which I think is is definitely true. But there are some of the professional marks for SBL are kind of I suppose you could think of them as above and beyond marks for people who are really writing very good scripts, mm-hmm. and those will be scripts that are uh, not just relying on the obvious points that are in the information you're given 
but integrating information from all of the stuff you're given plus your own kind of background knowledge and current affairs knowledge um, I mean, with the proviso, it has to be relevant. Um, yeah, as we just said, it's not about listing the the theories or whatever that you've learned. It's it's more about your depth of understanding of a topic as as an accountant and strategic business leader. And um, if you can bring that into your answer, don't feel you have to limit it to the most obvious things. There are marks available for, I suppose you could say, really knowing your stuff. Um, yeah, really being very good at your job. <laughs> But the examining team for the ACCA came out and said, they're not going to sit there and try and think of scenarios for companies and then write case studies about them. They're going to look at what's happening in the world. They're going to pick big cases. So in the UK, you had Carillion, you have things like Tesco's um, overstating their profits. They're going to look at, they've, I think one of the cases um, for the specimen exam was on um, train companies. And the issue with rail, and I think being from the, yeah, I think being from the UK, Eddie, you'll know your um, rail network isn't in the best <laughs> shape at the moment, shall we say? Um, and I think all right, uh, actually, the gloves have come off yeah. over there in Ireland. <laughs> uh, that, so I think that case um, was very clearly written from the perspective of I actually thought it must be somebody who travels on the train a lot and is a bit disgruntled about it, and that's where they got their idea. <laughs> So, like, I, my advice, like, students have been saying recently, oh, we need more questions to practice. The world is full of questions to practice. My main advice to anybody doing SBL is every week find two articles online from any country about a problem with a company. So whether it's been financial issues, whether it's been product issues, whether people found, I don't know, you hear all these things about glass being found and baby food, all those type of things. Read that article and then say, okay, I'm going to write a letter to the board about what they should do or I'm going to write a letter to the CEO. And just from that limited information, give them your advice about how they should fix that problem. Yeah, you can relate it to the bit of the syllabus you're on. You know, if you're doing, if you're on the bit of the syllabus that's, I don't know, change change management, then yeah, write write a letter about the change program you need, or you know, whatever it is. You could do one of these for every part of the syllabus because there is an unlimited amount. Exactly. So, the, like that's the because that's where the examining team are getting these ideas from, and if you do that enough, maybe in the exam question goes up. Oh, I've read a lot about <laughs> railway companies, and look, railway companies are coming up, and maybe you can kind of say, oh well, I read last week that the government have done this, so that could be one of your solutions in your exam. Maybe you could try this. And at least the examiner is thinking, oh, they're up to date. They're, it's, a, it's an idea. It's a really good idea. And even look, they're doing it in real life. So it's again, look around the SBL. You, you can't just look in the book. You have to stick your head above the parapet. You have to look around. You have to read things. You kind of have to engage with the rest of the world. Um, otherwise, you're, you're kind of missing the point. Yeah, agreed. Um, one thing that we we didn't talk about yet in kind of depth is the um, so SBL obviously steps up these professional skills a lot. Um, there's a lot of marks available there, and they're broken into uh, kind of set headings. So you get there's marks available for showing uh, professionalism, the things we've talked about, clear handwriting and structure, and uh, you know all of those things. But it's also there's five key areas 
Um, and so those, it's also important to look at what you're being examined on because you will be told for strategic business leader, it will tell you what the professional marks look for. Uh, um, and so the specific kind of skill sets for each. So for instance, one of them is uh, skepticism. So you'll get a question you know, asking you to show skepticism for mm-hmm. however many marks. And so it's, you know, that would be a very different uh, answer than professional marks looking for commercial acumen or communication. So it's it's kind of knowing what the ACCA want from you in each answer that they're asking you for, because they do give you everything you need. And that's it. that's what I said. They give you a roadmap to how to get the mark. So again, if you're being asked to show skepticism, and for some reason that seems to be one people struggle with most. But I think everybody, when they get their exam results, is skeptical. They kind of go, "Is that all I got?" <laughs> I, like, if you I was going to say, I'm sure skepticism is the thing I struggle least with in the, in the general world. Yeah, but if you think about it, that's all that it is. Oh, oh, that's what happened. I wasn't expecting that. Let's find out why it happened. And then let's challenge why I was told it happened and see if if, if it works out okay. And yeah, like if you're it's like out, identifying weaknesses or threats or, you know, is that is that the case? Is that person biased? Is that, can I trust that information? Or you know maybe maybe that information isn't quite right. That's that's all scepticism. It's not you know super difficult. Exactly. So if you've been asked to, to show scepticism in your exam, it's because the part of the case study they're referring to has been um, has been written in the fact that there's a big hole, gaping hole, with scepticism written all over it. That that they're kind of say, oh, that doesn't make sense, and you just have to find it. They're not going to ask you scepticism and just give you a bundle of numbers. They're, they're, they're pointing you in the direction. So, like, use that and kind of say, okay, there must be something here that's done one way that if I actually dig a bit deeper, it doesn't make sense. And so I'm just kind of go, I'm going to probe and challenge what they've told me um, and not believe them, basically, and see what happens. And I think that's the same for them all. You have evaluation, you have analysis, and the, the communication we've talked about a lot, commercial acumen, well, what's commercial acumen? Do I think this business will succeed or not? Like, just like, how do I how do I look at that? So, I think it's all again. They provide that roadmap, and they're telling you what skill to use. So, yeah, you don't have to guess. No. And also, like on the skepticism thing, yeah, if you've got one question asking for skepticism, you then don't have to go on and assume everything else you're told for the rest of the exam deserves probing. Like you've done that now. And so, yeah, they've, they've, that mark is done. It's just like a question, but it's they've called it professional marks. But it is a, it's basically a question. Um, so you don't have to apply that then in every single question. The, the, the five different sections are examined uh, separately and you're told when they're being examined. So and to be it honest, should help you structure. Yeah. And for all of this, you get 20 marks. That's like extraordinary. That, that's like... Like students, and we get questions all the time. Oh, if I leave out professional marks, can I still pass the exam? Why would you? They're the easiest 20 marks you'll get on nearly any ACCA paper because they're telling you exactly what they want from you. So if they want communication, they want you to be able to persuade somebody in a certain way. They want you to be able to inform them of what they need to know, depending on who they are. Like It is the easiest marks you get. And if you understand what each professional skill does, it actually provides you a little bit of a framework for how to fill in the technical knowledge. 
so if you kind of go, okay, they're looking for skepticism. Oh, that must mean I have to come up with some questions or queries about what I've been provided. So it's not, they're not just, don't look at them as the knowledge and then the, the professional skills have to go on top. They're actually really useful for you, for your exam. And, and don't run away from them, actually embrace them because I, I think very comfortably people could be getting 12 to 15 of those 20 marks um, easily. Well, and as you say, they're, they're the easiest marks you'll get on the paper. I think it's no no exaggeration to say students that really uh, drill into this now and get very, very comfortable with this, which is, you know, some of the easiest part because it's not technical knowledge, it's how you communicate, will be much more likely to pass this paper. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's such a massive part of the paper and it's can it will make a huge difference between a pass of a fa- and a fail. And it, sh- and it should be, by this point, point in the exams you should find it pretty easy so there's there's no excuse to not put the time into this no i agree so i think speaking of time we've probably done our time on professional (laughs) skills (laughs) Um, hopefully you're feeling really motivated after that last (laughs) 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 hey but i think uh I, i really do like listen again and again and really do concentrate on that because uh, yes i know in the other exams it's less and less marks but for those people who have got 46 and 47 and 48 in the past um, maybe those extra two or three marks for that professional skill or that professional mark even an sbr or in financial advanced financial management like just get them as much as you can because they are the easiest marks to get and they make all the difference well, and the ACCA talk about the bell curve of marks, which means that you, there are statistically a huge number of students that do sit at 48, 49, 50, 51. You know, those people, it, yeah, you might just have failed, failed the ACCA exam because you didn't use headings. Exactly. It's <laughs> such fine marks. Give yourself every chance possible. Yeah. Okay, so I think for this week we will leave it there. And... Um, All the best to everybody and thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Over and out. Bye guys. Bye.